All right, and we are live. Today we're talking with Jenny Townsend. She is the host of the Stroke It podcast. So make sure you go to the uh, go to the, wherever you listen to podcasts and sign up for that because today we're going to be talking about to end or mend a marriage. Jenny, I was telling you just a few minutes ago that I wanted to have you on because I think uh, with what I do and the clients I work with, so many of them don't know why they're getting a divorce and a lot of people stay in their relationships maybe longer than they should for the kids and for a variety of other reasons. I've talked to other people that just say that's just not the way to go. Uh, but anyways, if you could uh, talk about uh, what you're doing, how you're helping people. I know you have the podcast that I brought up. I know you're working on a book. I know you just got back from Italy. Um, but tell us a little bit more about yourself and then we'll get into the uh, the good stuff. Awesome. Well, yes, I'm Jenny Townsend. I live in Sarasota, Florida. And I'm an entrepreneur. I have been running a music school for the past eight years. It was a business that I had put together um, after the real estate market tanked because I was selling real estate prior. Um, I always knew I wanted to have a child-based business. And so I kicked off uh, my music school, which I've been doing that for the past eight years. And most recently, I've launched a podcast called Stroke It!, and it is going to be a book as well. I'm also working on that. And the whole Stroke It concept was really inspired by my marriage debacle while I was growing my business that I cared and loved so much about. And so um, unfortunately, while I was busy working, somebody else was taking care of my husband. So she, she was a coworker and she stroked him emotionally, mentally, and physically. So hence the Stroke It podcast. <laughs> Makes sense. And I know that those that can be totally devastating, especially with the, the folks that I deal with every day. I mean, we handle amicable divorce cases, so we don't get any of the crazy craziness. Definitely something still happened in their marriage for them to get to the point of having to go through a divorce. But it's they have they've kind of put whatever those issues are aside uh, so they could kind of stay out of court and, and uh, you know do an am, uh, amicable divorce. Yeah, well, my husband and I uh, just celebrated 10 years of marriage. Actually, last month we went to Italy uh, to celebrate our milestone as well. So I am here to tell you that if you think you cannot forgive and you can't move on, I'm here to tell you it is possible with the right mindset and taking ownership of your own um, contribution to that marriage debacle. Um, my husband had an affair with another person, but I had an affair with my career. And my career became my passion, my love, my world. And so I think it's really important if you are considering to mend or end a marriage, you are taking full ownership of how you contributed to where you are today. And I think that's a super, super um, huge key to how I was able to overcome what happened and find forgiveness and a lot of other things as well that I can talk about. Sure. But how, I just want to give how... people hope. Go ahead. I want to give people hope that you actually can get back to basics and fall back in love with that person that you may be considered divorcing. And I imagine that is probably one of the most difficult challenges in a marriage to, to forgive. How, what is your advice on, or what did you do? How did, how, what did that look like? How, how were you able to mend your marriage? I mean, it was definitely a process. I mean, this all happened five years ago and I was aware of it happening, but I could never prove it. So if you are someone that's listening today and you're speculating that your spouse is having an affair, if you're speculating, most likely it is happening. Um, and I was fighting about the other person. And I was like, I was so focused on 
trying to find proof instead of focusing on why it was happening and why was he doing what he was doing and why was I so removed from his life and why, what voids was he trying to fill? And so instead of, you know, at that time when I was in the discovery stage of it, I should have been focusing on our marriage and how to bring us together, not what was, you know, happening. Um, so, you know, I think it's a process you go through discovery when you discover like your nightmare is actually true and there's a lot of emotions and I spent a lot of time crying. I, you know, I was running a company. It's like, do you sell your company? Do you quit working and following your dream to make a marriage work? There's a lot of emotions and you're faced with a lot of questions. Luckily we didn't have children. Um, and we were both independently financial. So, you know, I, was always faced with, do I want to make this work? I didn't ever have to make it work. I never considered staying married because of children or I was financially not able to. Um, so with the emotions, you know, I did a lot of acupuncture. I did a lot of self-discovery. I was, you know, super, super busy with building a company and never taking care of myself and never scheduling downtime. I was never home. I never made dinner. I was not a wife, really. So I started doing those things in a lot of um, therapy. I did crystal healing and I attended every fill your cup up buttercup class there is out there um, as well to get with, you know, deal with the emotions. But at the end of the day, it was taking ownership. I had to really dive back into the past and where I had failed and where I could have done better or I could have handled situations differently. And a lot of it came to communication and understanding what my husband needed and what I needed and how we could work together. Um, you know, I was in my thirties when this was happening and I was going one way and my husband was going a completely different way. We never sat down to talk about like, what are our goals as a husband and wife? Like, where do we want to go financially? Where do you want to go independently and support each other in that aspect? Those were conversations we didn't have until way later. Um, so a lot of just discovery and a lot of therapy as well. And my husband had to deal with his own stuff. I mean, he was in love with another woman. Hmm. So as I was dealing with my pain, he was dealing with like breaking this girl's heart, breaking my heart. And this was just really out of character for him. So we were both kind of on recovery road for a very, very long time. And um, we sold our house. We had to give up a lot of different things as well. But I think when it came down to it, it was just like, do I want to be married to him? And could I remember the love and the passion and all the great qualities and not focusing on the negative really helped towards finding forgiveness? What does taking ownership look like? I would imagine it's not to the degree that you would say that you were the reason he did this, right? There's got to be a limit on where your responsibility ends and, and his takes over. For sure. Yeah. So forgiveness first started with me. Um, I had to forgive myself because I felt really guilty. And then I was like putting a lot of blame on myself. And so I had to say, hey, this isn't your fault. Just because you were so busy working and following your dream doesn't mean that that's why he did it. So I had to forgive myself for that. And also, I didn't fight for my marriage. Like I knew it was happening. I didn't really care. I just really didn't care that it was failing. Um, so then I had to like go back and forgive myself for not caring and allowing it to happen before I can move on to forgiving my husband. And because it wasn't in his character to do it, I was able to see the good and he was genuinely sorry. 
you know, and he never kissed my ass. And he always said, I'm never going to kiss your ass. I'm not going to buy you flowers. I'm not going to go buy you a fancy diamond ring. I'm not going to buy you a new car. I'm not going to buy you materialistic stuff. I'm going to show you that I love you and I care for you. And, you know, in the long term, that actually was the best thing that he could have done. He wasn't trying to put a Band-Aid or make me feel better with just buying my love. He really showed me that he loved me. And when it came time of like moving and uh, our lease was, we sold our house. Then we moved into a smaller place to, if it didn't work out, someone could afford it solo. And then our lease came up for that. And so at that point I had to make a decision and I rented a house for uh, four days on the beach. And I really thought about what my life would be like without him. And was that the life I really wanted? And at the end of the day, I didn't want to be without him. So I found a way to overcome all the, the pain, the hate, the resentment, and find forgiveness and find love in my heart. And I'm so grateful that I did because the marriage that we have today is much better than it ever was. And we truly put ourselves as priority and we make each other feel loved and cared for like never before. What type of what type of time frame are we talking about that this occurs in as far as from from realizing it happened to re reflecting on and 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 taking ownership and responsibility and, and all these kind of steps that you you walk through and then for and then through to forgiveness how is this months is this years is it never kind of ending um yeah so it's it, it definitely took years so um uh, my, I started my company in 2016, so I'm fairly sure it was happening then, um, which I'll go back to that too in a minute. But so 2015, I started my company in 2016, 17, I speculated 2018 at uh, February was when I discovered that my husband was with another woman. And then, you know, we sold our house one year later, we had both moved in and out of the house. And then I think it was like the end or the beginning it was January of 2020, actually, is when I finally was like, okay, I can forgive you for this. I'm ready to move forward and have a beautiful life. It was, it was just a great time because it was the beginning of the year. And I just wanted to set the stage of how I wanted to live that year. And then obviously COVID happened and a lot of other things yeah. happened that year. So um, anyway, so, you know, it took two, two and a half years. And now granted, there, we still have issues. Um, we're, there's triggers you're going up. It's not like I forget the past. I've just overcame and I moved on from it. And I am a better person now for myself and my husband is as well. Um, so there's triggers. And so there's trigger management and there's ways to deal with it. But once again, as my husband always said, like, let's focus on the present, like who we are today, the love we have today and who we're becoming. Like, let's focus on the future, not the past. And really that has been a really guiding force for our marriage. How, how does it affect you and affect your spouse, the fact that you you talk about this so openly, probably every day with your your podcast and, and content and writing your book? Is that, do you find that has some healing benefits? So when I first started talking about doing this and the whole concept of the book and the podcast, my husband was very much no I don't want to hear about it. I don't think it's right. Like it's not air our dirty laundry out. And then when I explained to him the benefits and how I and him can help other people that are going through the same situation, nobody wants to talk about their marriage failing. Nobody wants to talk about their spouse is cheating on them or them cheating on their spouse. 
And I, when I started talking about it, opening up to friends and family, it was very, very common and nobody talked about it. So I was like, there's a whole community of people that are feeling alone. They don't know what to do. They don't know where to go and what's the best decision that we can help and we can inspire and we can create a beautiful community. And so he's seeing the good that's coming from it. So that is really overshadowing everything. And the fact that our marriage is so solid and I trust him and I love him, I'm not going anywhere and he's not going anywhere either. We're able to be at peace with our past. Our past is part of our story, but it's not part of our future, but it has created a beautiful bond and has created a beautiful like platform, obviously for my book and for my podcast. And so it is healing to talk about it, but there are times there are triggers. Like last night we got into a fight and it reminded me of my old husband, the husband that was doing really bad things. And so this morning I sent him a text. I'm like, oh my God, my mindset is so in the past. I'm being triggered and I'm just thinking all these negative things and I don't like it. And then I just said, you know, I love you and I support you. And immediately he calls me and it's like, hey, I'm so sorry. Like, this is not us. And so we still deal with things um, from the past. They'll forever be there. Um, however, it's just how we handle it is with grace and with love in our heart where the very beginning stages, I mean, I threw wine glasses at him. I mean, they're like, I threw anything, everything I could at this man. So, um, so like I said, my father, my parents um, divorced because of an affair. My dad, when he found out this happened, said, do not allow the anger to take over. Because once the anger takes over, you will never be able to get it removed from your body. And I just kept that in my mind. And the anger has never been able to take over. The love in my heart is always the guiding force. You, I think you're you're mentioning you want to bring something else up, and, and maybe this will. I forget what it was, but this I wrote down um, work life balance. Um, how um, if we can talk maybe about some tips on how to not ensure but make something like this less likely to happen? What how can someone be in a relationship and before, maybe before the warning signs um, are there, or even when they, you know, warning signs do occur, what can people do with, you know, they want to be you know, successful in their career, but then they also have to rely on their, their, their spouse to, or partner to, you know, be part of that with them? Right. I think that's a great question. Thank you. So I think that taking ownership of your life is key. And then like making your marriage and your partner a priority. Um, that my marriage was not a priority in my life for very many years. Um, so I think making your marriage a priority is key. Um, when I say my husband had an affair with another woman, like I said, I had an affair with my career and I was constantly at my, um, office running my company. When I got removed from my company, not that I got removed, but I literally had to go focus on my personal life. My company soared. My company, like literally, I had individuals that took ownership of so many other roles and my company became so profitable without me overseeing it. So it was like almost like a blessing in disguise. And I was able to see, hey, this place can't operate without me here 24-7. And I think as business owners or leaders or chief of the households, we feel like nothing can happen without us. And we have to have so much control. And I think if you release some of that control and you allow other people to support you and really take the reins and take control of certain situations, it's going to free up more time for you. And if you have more time, 
you're going to have more time for yourself. You're going to have more time for your spouse and your loved ones and for the people that really matter. And so I think just taking ownership of your time and where you want to spend it, understanding what's a priority could prevent things like this happening. And I think secondly, too, having a lot of communication and creating elements of positivity in your life wherever you can. Communication um, just in general is, is a, is a huge part, I think of relationship issues and, and talking to people that specialize in this, such as yourself. Um, and it, it, it covers so many things. It's not just, you need to communicate. It's like how you communicate and it's right. the, the unspoken word and, and so many of those things that just get let go and not brought up or addressed that just kind of fester it seems. Yeah. I think communication is huge. Um, the way that just my husband and I, we communicate completely different. And I think it's important to think about how your spouse was raised. And this is another thing that I've learned about my husband and I. So I grew up in a home where both my parents were entrepreneurs. Um, yeah, my mom was a stay-at-home mom, but she took care of the whole entire household and my dad's businesses and things like that. Um, and I grew up on a farm. So we would get up really early, go milk cows before we went to school, then do sports and come home and do it all over again. Um, and when it was time to go to bed, my parents were like go to bed. Um, they did a lot for us, but their love for us was a roof over our head and food on the table. My husband's sense of love from his parents, because his parents, um, his mom was a single mom. Actually, both of his parents were single moms um, for different reasons. Um, so they always wanted to make sure that they were loving and giving a lot of affection and saying, I love you and saying how much they mattered. And like the, the, the love was completely different. So you put two people together that received love as a child, completely different. And then now they have to like know how to love each other. That was a huge, um, aha moment when we were going through therapy as well. And so I learned how to love my husband and he learned how to love me, which basically helped with um, communicating what we needed from each other to feel and how to show the other one love. That makes sense. I was writing down some notes here. Um, you said make marriage a priority. We can really get sucked into our, our work lives when you take into account if you have a, you know a commute and eight hours of work plus your lunch and then two hours to get home, especially if you're in a big city, um, you know, plus, you know, hopefully eight hours of sleep, but probably not. So you really have three or four hours where maybe you're together at the same time in a given uh, day. But I, I read or was told a statistic that people spend less than one hour. Um, it was either a day, I think per day together in meaningful communication like not watching TV, not distracted with phones. Is, is that, is that something similar that you're, you're coming across? Yeah, totally. I mean, I think um, most families, you know, if you think about it, the chaos, chaos coordinators, the breadwinners or whatever you want to call them, the head of households, you know, they are overcommitted, overscheduled, overworked and undervalued and appreciated. And if you think about it, we're all like working so hard to create this life, but we're not actually living the life we're creating. And so we 
strive to get up early, but we're always catering to everybody else's schedules and not our own schedule. So I think it's really important. My husband and I, we started getting up early together and doing like a morning walk or making sure we have breakfast together where we have un, um, uninterrupted time together. And at the beginning of the day, you're, you're waking up. It's like as fresh and as best as you're going to feel. You haven't had someone quit. You haven't had someone walk out on you. You haven't had someone yell at you. you know, your boss isn't upset. There's all those variables that happen during the day. So at nighttime, that time is filled with more stress, anxiety, and worries as versus maybe that morning. So I always encourage everyone to like get up early and figure out how to spend that quality time together. Um, and it may only be an hour, but at the end of the day, I think it's more about the quality of time that you're spending that with that person versus the quantity. So think about when you have that time with that person, who are you showing up as? What are you bringing to the table? And how are you showing love or compassion to that person? If, if you only have an hour with them, you want to be your best self for them and for yourself. So I want to talk about your, your podcast a little okay. bit, if that's okay. Um, what are some of the topics you've touched on? And I know your format is both interviewing folks and um, doing shorter, helpful, you know, five to 20 minute little tips, just kind of uh, a solo podcast. Yeah. So yeah, so the, the Tuesdays are quickies. It's one concept and it's 15 minutes or less. And it gives you just one thing to consider when it comes to a relationship in your life, whether that relationship is with you, with your spouse, with an employer, with an employee, friend, or a family member. Um, my podcast is all about professional and personal development. Like we're one person living in two different worlds. And so my goal is to help you with both of those lives. And I do believe that balance is possible with the right um, approach to life but also with those relationships as well. So those are the quickies on Tuesday. And then on Thursdays, I have a guest and that guest will select three of those stakeholders to talk about. And it's how they're boosting themselves up, how they're boosting their spouse, maybe how they're managing their employees to retain those employees, make them more productive and happier and just well-rounded. Um, so, whether you're a manager or a leader, or you're looking to start your own company, it's a great uh, resource for you. Or if you're just personally struggling and you're maybe like in crisis mode where you're like, oh my God, the kids, I'm done. The husband doesn't appreciate me. I'm out. Or, you know, a lot of the men that listen to the podcast too are men that feel undervalued. And, you know, men are not put on this planet just to produce sperm count and money. And a lot of times the reason men cheat is because they're underappreciated. You know, their wives are treating them like one of the kids or they're not understanding that they don't want to spend all this time away from you or at work, but they're doing it so that you can have a nice lifestyle. So your kids can have sports. So your kids can have nice clothes. So you can have the car that you want. So men give up a lot for their families that goes unnoticed. And so I talk a lot about that as well on the podcast. And obviously I am a woman. I have a lot of women contacts that are movers and shakers. So we're inspiring women and men to be the very best that they can be, but it starts with themselves. And so a lot of the episodes are going to talk about self-care, self-love, taking ownership of your time, auditing it, and really just 
it's your life. Create the life that you want. Stop depending on others. Stop waiting. And there's no better time than now. So with your quick tips on Tuesdays that you kind of, you can really take a deep dive into a single topic. So you're not talking kind of surface. You're talking, you can really drill down on a particular issue. Are Is the information that you uh, provide <clears throat> something that an individual can then take and use as a tool for whatever that, whatever that um, information you were providing, or does it really take both, both parties kind of, to, to be involved in, in that? No, I think it's just individual specific. So if, if I may, I'd like to give you an example of one of my quickies that mm. has to do with to end or mend a marriage. And that's going to be the four ground rules, right? When considering to determine or end your marriage. Um, and one being to acknowledge. So you want to acknowledge the past. You want to know what your role was. What were the signs? What were the warnings? And maybe consider like how many years you're unhappy because that's the thing is everyone's like, oh, I'm just ready to exit. It's like, well, you spent all those years unhappy. Why not focus on the years you were happy and like fine tune those and acknowledge those. Um, avoid is going to be number two as well. And that's avoiding negativity, anger, trashing your spouse, dirty details, avoid rushing decisions. So many people want to rush decisions. And, you know, I found out February of 2018, I was ready to sell my house and be divorced by the end of the year. And if I would have rushed that, I would have never went through the self-discovery and I would have never been able to realize who I truly am and what I really, really want. And I would have gave up on a beautiful marriage and future with my husband. So avoid rushing decisions. Um, and then social media, don't trash your spouse on social media. Um, another thing would be acceptance. Um, a lot of times we don't want to accept the facts. Like we think that there's so much more going on and there's so many details and we need to know everything. Um, but just accept the facts, the love, the support that your spouse or those individuals. And then my fourth ground rule for um, determining would be to attract. And that's attract, attract positive people, environments, and feelings. And you are what you attract, you know? So if you want to become something surround yourself with those individuals or start attracting that energy so that you can be whatever it is you want to be. So that's an example of one of the quickies. I mean, like I said, it's one concept yeah. and the goal is just to help you become the very best person that you can be for yourself. Talking about the end or mend question, is there, how do people make that decision? We've talked about a couple of different things, you know, reflect and I guess to see if you still want to be in that relationship, take things slow, um, but are there, is there like a guidebook or is there a, a checklist that you would put, you know, recommend someone go down kind of like drawing a line down the middle of a paper and doing pros and cons, you know, like we would do as kids and try and make a decision. Well, interesting enough, uh, I did do a lot of pros and cons sheets, you know, <laughs> like what my life would be like, what my life would not, you know, so I definitely would have individuals do that. Um, I think just really self-discovery, a lot of journaling and a lot of really figuring out what do you want? What kind of life do you want? Is that person really the person? Because sometimes we make the wrong mistake. You know, you meet someone, you fall in love and you're like, let's get married. Hopefully you didn't get knocked up. If you did, that's a whole nother story. But, yeah. um, you know, there's just like a series of things that you can do, but doing pros and cons, assessing your finances, assessing the person that you want to become. If, if this person's holding you back, you may want to end it. If you can cut ties and make it really clean, cut your losses and move on. Um, 
So I think there's a series of things, and this is all kind of some stuff that's um, on my podcast or on my website or upcoming um, in my book as well that will help guide you in making that decision. I am a firm believer that you should always try to make it work if you can. Um, you know, if you're being beaten, obviously do not stay in that relationship. If you're being um, um, just, if there's abuse, get out as soon as you can. Um, I think there's some variables where people do stay. I have a lot of friends that are stayed in their marriages because of their children mm -hmm. and it's for the safety of their children. Um, and there's some of them that just, it's easier to stay, but I just believe life is really short. And if it doesn't make you happy and it doesn't serve you, staying may not be the best decision either. Um, but I do know it makes a huge impact on kids. I have a couple of friends that are getting divorced and once again, they threw in the towel, but they didn't communicate. They just allowed people to take over their lives. They didn't set boundaries. They didn't create time for them space. And they expected all these people to make them happy instead of making themselves happy. And at the end of the day, I think that's where a lot of it happens is boundaries were not created and it's just easier to throw in the towel and, and the grass is not greener on the other side. And I'll tell you, if you're considering getting divorced, the market is rough. I was talking just on that topic. I was talking to someone, interviewing someone last week, and they said that the current landscape of dating is now boiled down to apps that are out there that are almost exclusively for the sole purpose of hooking up, if you will, versus cr creating real relationships and wanting to meet someone. Yeah. I mean, I never got on the apps or anything else like that, so I can't speak to that, but I do have some friends that have done that. Um, but I will say that, you know, there's a sense of like, you have to get to know someone and then like, I don't want to say this in a bad way, but it's like your spouse is already trained for the most part. They just need to be brushing up on their skills to make you happy and to, to go and have to retrain and re figure out somebody else as well. It's, it's super hard. And, you know, there's no guarantee that you're going to actually find someone that you want to be with that can put or put up with you. Cause that's another thing too, is like, we're always like, Oh, this person, that person, sometimes the problem is you and you need to look within because at the end of the day, it could be you being the problem. I don't mean to sound like a Taylor Swift song, but, um, it, it's, it's definitely not very easy out there and everybody is very self-centered and everybody wants to know what's in the relationship for them. And you have a lot of individuals looking for just like a meal ticket. And I don't know if it's just because of certain level, but there are a lot of people that don't want to work, that don't want to contribute. And they just want to find someone that has money that's going to take care of them and buy them fancy things. Yeah. And I'm just not into that. You're, um, you're talking about being trained. I think my wife and I would tease each other and say we wouldn't have time to, to have the effort to to go and train someone and so i totally know what you're talking about and because there's a lot of a lot of history you know if you're in like a long-term relationship or marriage there's a lot of history there that you're basically throwing away if and like you said if it's for good reasons you know uh, domestic violence or something that, that's totally different but if um if you're just unhappy and you can't really pinpoint it you know it's worth taking the time to try and figure that out because in my opinion it's just it's a lot you're throwing away especially if you have kids and, and you're going to be in their lives all that time and as someone told me of a few days ago on another podcast is that um you know if you are in a 20 or plus year relationship and then you get divorced and then you're out there on the open market like you're talking about chances are the person you're meet you're, you're going to meet is also going to be in the same shoes 
you were assuming you're going after the same, you know, age bracket. Um, but that the other thing they mentioned was if you had this issue in your relationship and you don't change your ways, you're going to end up in the same type of relationship with someone new. Completely. And that's what I keep hearing is that they just were attracted to the same type of person. So obviously that's your type, make it work with the person you already have a history with, you already have a bond. And I think it's important too, that individuals find hobbies that they can do with their spouse and then hobbies they can do without. Cause I think sometimes too, you become married and then it's like, you expect your spouse to do everything with you. Well, it's great to do some things with your spouse, but you need to have some time for yourself and with friends. And I think this is huge for men. Um, I know that a lot of men, it's really hard to find friends and find groups of guys that you want to hang out with. And if you don't have children, you don't have the inner circle of the kids' friends, right? Or if you weren't, weren't in a fraternity, you don't have that circle. And now you have a lot of men working from home. So how are these men to connect with each other and find circles where they're able to have like men's conversations and, you know, let it out. So I want to encourage men and women to create some hobbies and some time for yourself with the same sex. That way you can connect with individuals and, you know, they may be going through some of the same challenges where you can have these conversations. I think a lot of times like we want to like not share what's going on with our lives, but we're humans. All of us are going through the same shit. So, you know, find a group of individuals that you can connect with. And I don't mean to go and complain to that you can have fun with that brings smiles to your face to where you're creating happiness on your own. So when you come home, you're a happy person for yourself and for the others that are in your household. I always say happy, ha happy spouse, happy house, make it happen. Makes sense. <laughs> the, uh, you know, the making friends, th that is true. It is difficult, you know, just like, um, your relationship with your spouse, um, trying to make friends is, is a concerted effort. Um, my wife and I, we said, we need to get some more, you know, friends, collective friends. Um, so we're, we, you know, just to reach out, uh, it seems like these days, unless, you know, even with fr good friends we have, unless, you know, you text them or call them, no, one's really going to call you. No one puts themselves out there to just say, Hey, on, I don't know, Father's Day, just send a text out to, you know, all your friends or fathers, say happy, happy uh, Father's Day or something like that. I'm um, not necessarily on their birthday or things of that nature, but just in general, if you don't put it out there, you don't get anything back. And so we, it, it's, it's been a struggle to, for us to then, you know, try and set up uh, a, a date, if you will, us with other married couples that we know that we just haven't got together uh, with in months and try and find a time that works and, and, and just, it, you have multiple attempts at uh, scheduling and then the date shows up and someone can't make it or someone's sick or something. It's just, it's rough. So I'm just uh, agreeing with you hundred percent there. Yeah. And to your point as well, I mean, good luck finding couples that the spouses like the other spouse as well. It's like, I have tons mm -hmm. of girlfriends, you know, and it's like, my husband's like, oh, I don't really care for their spouse or I don't care for them. Mm -hmm. And it's like, Oh, you know, and vice versa as well. So um, I think that can be challenging too. But as I told my husband, I was like, you know what? We just have to book the double date. And if they show up, awesome. Cause then we're going to be able to talk. We're going to have so much fun. But if they don't, that's a great date for us. And we've already have a plan. It's already on the calendar. So take advantage. Makes sense. So we've spoke about a lot of uh, good things. What is there anything I didn't ask you that I should have? Or if not, um, give us some parting advice. 
Well, I will say this for anyone that's considering ending or mending their marriage, or if it is because of an affair, I just want to say, I'm tr truly sorry that that has happened to you. It's not your fault and that there are better days ahead. And it is a journey to go from discovery to recovery, to finding love in your heart again, but it is possible at the end of the day, I would just encourage you to just remain positive and focus on the present day and feel free to reflect on the growth that you have overcome and like the obstacles too. And I always say where there's an obstacle, there's an opportunity and there's an opportunity somewhere in the future for you. You just have to be open-minded and have an open heart and be willing to go with that flow and just, just go. It's just go forward, stop living in the past, move forward, and you too will find happiness and love. And you'll be just really grateful that you moved forward and, and find forgiveness. If, if forgive, and that's not even forgiveness of the spouse. If there's anybody that you're holding a grudge against, whether it's a family member or a friend, I want to encourage you to find forgiveness. You will feel better. You will have warm in your heart. You won't be so cold. You'll be happy. You'll be able to move on with no regret. And I hope that you find peace and clarity. Awesome parting advice. Jenny Townsend, host of the Stroke It podcast. Thank you so much again for spending time with me. I know this content uh, is, is information that will be helpful to people that are considering going into a divorce or maybe they're just unhappy. And hopefully prior to picking up the phone to call me, they will listen to your podcast and be able to mend their marriage. Uh, thanks again so much for your time. Thank you.